Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Free Agents Podcast. We are pleased to be joined by a colleague of mine at the Brooklyn Cyclones, uh, broadcaster extraordinaire, Dana Gray. Uh, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you on. Excited to hear your story, hear what you have to say. Um, and I think that a lot of it is you know, very overlapping with someone who's also a recent, I guess less recent than Andrew Brandon and I, but still a recent college graduate nonetheless. So thanks for showing up, and uh, we Absolutely. hope you have a good time. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. That's like the best intro I think I've ever gotten. It might be the only podcast <laughs> intro I think I've ever gotten. But that was, that was right. the first, very high the bar. first of many. Of that. It's the best, the best and part. only. Yeah, best <laughs> and only. I'll take that. Um, so I guess to start, we can we can start with the easy ones. You know, what what is Dana Gray? Who is Dana Gray? Would love to hear more about, you know, where you started how you got to where you are and you yeah. know, maybe a little bit more about what you're currently doing. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I am 24 years old living in Manhattan, New York, which is a sentence that growing up in downtown Boston, I probably would have been exiled or uh, created some yeah, would have been myself rough. if I said uh, yeah. <laughs> growing up, I'm still wildly getting used to the amount of, Yankee apparel that I see every day. Um, I've been living here now for about for about two years, and I, I work at Bleacher Report. That's kind of my my full time job at the moment. And then very very happy to be broadcasting Cyclones games uh, this summer. So that's kind of the uh, the intangibles. Other than that, I'm just kind of excited to be living in New York and actually getting to experience it now. I've kind of been holed up over the last year as, as everyone has and the only parts of the city i know are like my Dwayne reed my two sushi places <laughs> and like the three blocks around me so it's been kind of nice over the last i don't know couple months to just explore a little bit i've been um I'm trying to actually do the the new york city marathon in november so i've been nice doing uh doing some training for that and stuff which has kind of kept me busy but but yeah, just uh, enjoying a, a much better year than than last year was. That's for sure. Hey, fair enough. As someone who uh, has been trying to train for a half marathon for almost two and a half years, I respect <laughs> you actually training because I had a very hard time actually doing it. Uh, I think obviously like COVID put a wrench in that, but yeah, I've, no, I said I'm, I'm I think still... in January I was like, oh, I'll do it. It's August. No yeah. training. No, I, I I shouldn't get like any credit. Yet I still don't even know if I've I've been accepted. I'm trying to uh, trying to go through. I, I think there's like two ways you can either qualify, which is just beyond out of the question. Like you have to run it like sub <laughs> yeah. three hours or something, which would be the last three hours of my life. Or you can go in through a charity. Um, and so, um, like actually, over the pandemic, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. So I'm trying to get in with a, uh, with a type one organization and, um, it'll be kind of like a, a cool way to hopefully, uh, spring into spring into the next year. So right, fingers crossed, but I'm still training. Great. So of course, maybe it won't work, but we'll see. Hey, open for the best brother. Yeah. We're moving for you. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So just moving on a little bit, uh, we yeah. were just wondering if you could tell us about how you got your first job. And was that exactly what you wanted to do off the bat? And really, how did your first experience help shape the rest of your career? Yeah, I think I think kind of a, a two-part answer I'll, I'll give you. 
how I got my first job was I graduated, I guess, a couple of years ago. And right after I graduated, I, I made a website. I put together, you know, got all my reels together, packaged up something nice, and then basically just spammed it out to as many schools um, in the New England area as possible, just saying, just graduated. I'm a broadcaster. Any and all help that I can give you, I would I would love to. Um, I probably sent it to like 70 schools. And conveniently enough, Harvard, BU, BC, and Providence College, which are like 20-minute drives for me were like the few that got back to me. So I started doing some freelance broadcasting the fall after school. And it was, it was nice. It was, it was fun to kind of have that first moment of like, oh, this is, this is why I did all this work in college to actually get, um, get a paycheck. But it was very freelance. And, you know, some weeks I'd have 10 games and some weeks I'd have none. And I was living in sleeping in the bed that I did in third grade. And I love my family very much, but <laughs> as I'm sure maybe you guys are kind of yeah experiencing yourself. Yep. It's just, I don't know, especially going from college and, and me personally, just like loving my, my time on my own. I, I kind of realized that even though I was calling games and, and doing technically what I, I wanted to do, maybe I needed to try and push my boundaries. So I started applying to jobs that fall and Bleacher Report got back to me. And I'll be honest, I didn't even really know what I was going to be doing for them until my first day. I like moved to New York City, did it all very quickly. Um, and it's certainly not something I ever thought that I would do. It was like, wasn't in my, my quote unquote plan at all, working for this big sort of media company. And it's been cool. I've learned so, so much and a lot of different things than I would have at school just based on, on what I was interested in. And honestly, it's, it's, it's been great. I think that during the pandemic, it's kind of turned into a all hands on deck, jack of all trades sort of, sort of position. Um, but it certainly wasn't in my plan. And that's kind of something that I've, I've had to adapt over the last couple of years is realizing that everyone's got a different path. And I, I probably was told that like a billion times and it sounds so cliche and I still hate it. I'm like not adopted to it at all. Um, but it's so far, it's so far it's, it's kind of working out and, uh, it's been, it's been a good experience so far. So what, what do you, what do you do at Bleacher Report? Have you found that out yet? Yes. So it, it took me a um, I, on paper, like my, I, my technical position is a content producer. Um, so a lot of what BR does revolves around their app. Um, it's like one of the biggest sports apps, I think, on the App Store. And they really pride themselves on being first to news, sending the fastest notifications. And that was kind of my role for a while. I was you know, on Twitter, scanning for news, writing copy, putting in muscle emojis and all that good stuff. Um, and then getting it out um, as quickly as possible. So it was like definitely not anything that I ever thought I would do, but it kind of tapped into that, that interest that I have always had of, you know, being in a, a fast paced kind of work environment, 
having the pressure on you. Um, Cause if you really stop and think about it and I've gotten pretty used to it now, but like I hit a button and I'm pinging like 5 million phones. Yeah. And yeah. you know, if I misspell Aaron Rodgers' name, 5 million <laughs> phones are going to see it. And they won't know that Dana Gray is the one that effed up, but um, so it's, it, it, it was, that's kind of uh, how I started out. And then I've evolved more into a uh, more kind of planning, producing, reporting, writing role with leading the, the NHL content, which has been great because it's kind of a, an untapped market for Bleach Report and kind of going in, I knew that big on basketball and NFL and even baseball was kind of that, that third sport. But I was because of that kind of just given an open sandbox to do what I wanted. So I've been building up that, that side of bleach report and it's been really cool. And we actually just got the, the rights. Our parent company is Turner sports and TNT. And now we're going to be splitting it with ESPN coming a couple of months. So my job actually just got much more uh, exciting. So it's kind of a, uh, it's funny how those things uh, work out, but it's, you know, still sending notifications, writing, you know, sometimes it's, we had Austin Matthews and I got to interview Austin Matthews and that was like a wow banana That's land really cool. moment. Yeah. So yeah. it's, That's it's so kind cool. of different stuff every day, but it's all right here from, from my laptop. So I'm, I'm excited to hopefully get back into the office and stuff because it's a, it's a cool place. They got like a basketball court and, unlimited peanut butter pretzels which is just like a small thing but <laughs> i freaking love it's the little yeah. things oh that make a workplace great absolutely oh my gosh yeah everyone's like getting in on like the hard cider taps and like the basketball and, the <laughs> and i'm like if i have like goldfish and like peanut butter pretzels i'm good so that's uh in short it's kind of a, a ever-evolving job but it's become much more hockey oriented which is awesome for me yeah, yeah i mean i can imagine lately it's been interesting too with the seattle kraken expansion draft and all that like has there been anything specific with the expansion draft that you worked on that you'd like to share with us yeah i i, I put together a plan a, a few weeks ago of of how we were gonna you know cover the the draft in our app and on the website and with the editorial team I think the main the main goal, at least, that I've had over the last few months and that honestly what the NHL has kind of directed us with, too, through TNT and through Bleacher Report is they're trying to grow the younger audience of a hockey fan. And for whatever reason, you know, like, I don't know, I, I used to play it and I love the sport forever, but it is, it does have a very kind of buttoned up culture you don't have those big personalities like a lebron or a jj watt or uh otani like guys that are willing to kind of put themselves out there and it's changing a little bit there are more younger stars that are getting on social media more and being more vocal but that was kind of the big task covering pretty much any event that we do now but with the Kraken draft too is looking for those those little moments to kind of capitalize on. So I, f I forget who it was. It might've been, I think Chris Fowler, who was on ESPN. Um, instead of saying the Carolina Hurricanes, he said the Carolina Panthers. And then <laughs> yeah. the Carolina yeah. Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account 
had maybe like the most incredible 45 minutes of trolling where they like changed their <laughs> logos and were the Panthers were tweeting out like the most cliche hockey things and whatever. Um, and like, that was a moment where I decided to like lean in really hard to, you know, putting together alerts, kind of finding that funny content where you're looking to kind of bridge the gap of NHL fans and maybe fans that don't really know hockey, but can see something hilarious and buzzy and think it's cool. So. Yeah, that's great. I remember, uh, you were supposed to work that night at Cyclones and I know I was there uh, and I was disappointed. I, I was incredibly, (laughs) incredibly bummed. Like I, that is so much fun for me. And it's like, yeah, I was, it, it all worked out. It all worked out. That's well, great to hear. Speaking of your broadcasting experience and working with the Brooklyn Cyclones, like what made you want to go into broadcasting? And was there like a particular broadcaster or experience that you you had that really influenced your decision to want to go into that? Yeah, I think it's kind of tough for me to rem- remember because like honestly, it's it's always just been something I wanted to do. Probably not when I was like four, but honestly, like not much. <laughs> after like my my parents have like home videos of me like standing two inches from the tv and trying to broadcast kevin euclid's 2002 red Sox home runs and whatever um but it's it's always just the it's always just really attracted me the idea of being the kind of assist to sports i've always loved you know kind of the theatrical side i did theater singing i I like kind of the idea of finding a way to creatively package sports and then in another way it's just like it's just awesome like you get to watch sports for a living i I can't think of anything better (laughs) so honestly it has always been something that's been basically what i wanted to do and, and commit to and if there was any one particular i'd say Early in life, it was this guy, Dave Gosher, who's been the Bruins radio play-by-play guy forever. Um, That's like my favorite thing. If I had to have a a dream job or a dream path, it would be hockey on the radio because I think it's so – one, I think it's difficult. And two, I would argue it's like the most difficult medium to – you know, really explain to the listeners what's going on because it's happening – wildly fast and honestly there's a lot of times where i'll turn on a an nhl radio game and i have no idea what's going on i don't i'm not saying like i blame whoever's broadcasting (laughs) but it's like it's impossible um but with him definitely he was just so 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 good um voicing wise description wise and he was a fan and you could just tell that so i would grow up listening to him and then doc emmerich too is just as I'm sure many people would say, just seeing how much joy and fun he had doing what he did. I I don't want to say did, I know he's technically retired, but like praying that he's not (laughs) come back. (laughs) Um, But those are the two, the two biggest names um, for me, but yeah, it's really something that I've just always wanted to do. And someone told me when I was like 17, like, if you want to be a sports broadcaster, you should go to Syracuse. And I was like, okay, I don't really know anything about that. So I did. And 
it worked out. Yeah. Like all the people that, or I shouldn't say all the people, but a lot of people that at least classmates of mine, they would, you know, step on campus and they've been you know, researching all these different broadcasters and the alumni and, you know, what to do there. And I like really showed up and I had like no clue other than just like listening to the Bruins radio play by play on my home. <laughs> so it was kind of just, uh, it's what I was told to do. And I, I guess it worked out. I mean, just following up with that, like if you yeah. could go back in time to when you were there stepping foot on campus at first at Syracuse, is there anything that you would choose to do differently? Hmm. It's a very good question. And something I've been thinking about a lot, honestly. Uh, I think, you know, physically, no, I don't think so. I, there's a lot of pressure there. It's a very competitive scene which I think has its positives and negatives. It's positives in the sense where it ingrained in me pretty quickly to take advantage of literally any opportunity. Like, oh, you can call softball tomorrow at 9 a.m., but you're going to have to stay up all night and do charts and whatever, but you could do it if you want it. And, you know, that idea of never saying no to anything I think was great. But on the flip side, I do also feel that I kind of missed out a little bit on the, the typical college experience. Instead of like going out on Fridays and Saturday nights, I was, you know, handing out game notes for the local AHL hockey team or, um, so I don't, I don't know if I changed that, I guess kind of maybe more of a, a mindset thing I would have changed or told myself is just to not, compare myself to other people and I like still struggle with that way big time and yeah. especially at a place yeah. like that where you know I'm friends with so so many talented people and you know kids that maybe did broadcasting in high school or um, you know everyone's got their their different path and kind of tools in their belt and when I showed up there like I literally never called anything I was kind of spooked and um, kind of question my, myself a little bit. So I think just, just changing my mindset of everyone's got their own different path and to not compare myself to others because there's really absolutely no point. And in the grand scheme of things, as you guys probably are like sort of finding out like the day after graduation, like you go from like wherever you are all the way to the bottom once again. Yeah. It was so fast. So fast. Instantly. I mean, yeah. if, if you're lamenting a college experience, you're talking to three NYU graduates. So I think yeah. no no other people empathize more than Definitely. You, know, you know, going to college in a in a city where there really isn't a whole lot of uh, you know, partying unless you have oodles and oodles of money that college students usually don't have usually so, don't have and we had yeah. no sports so well we had sports but yeah. you know hey, not, you guys not, had no we have d3 guys, sports we do so my maybe the greatest i shouldn't say the greatest but one of the top <laughs> memories of my time at syracuse was i kind of like me and a buddy we started out a club hockey media team because they, they've got an ACHA team and we both loved hockey. They didn't have men's D1 hockey, which is just ridiculous. It seems like such an easy kind of equation there. But anyways, yeah. um, so we started like doing all the games and 
we travel and whatever. And NYU was like our biggest rival. Like the games were always very, very intense. And the hockey, honestly, is it is club, but they practice five days a week. Oh, yeah. They're on scholarship. Like, yeah, it's legitimately serious. And on I don't know if I should be I shouldn't be saying this with such humor. But game, <laughs> I'm excited game, like, now. <laughs> know, there was a game like my junior year, and me and my friend, it was like right over my birthday. And usually we'd make the road trips, we'd like drive and call the games. And they were playing in NYU, and we didn't go that weekend. And but we'd been to NYU before. And it's like, I don't know if you guys went to any hockey games there. Like they play at Chelsea Piers. Yep. And it's a yeah. cool environment. And like, the, the fans get into it and usually they're like getting into it before the game and <laughs> pounding different <Yeah. laughs> drinks of choice throughout. And it's fun. It's like, it's a rowdy time and it's cool. Um, but I guess this one game got a little out of hand and there was kind of some stuff on the ice. There were a couple like different fights and scrums and whatever. And so me and my buddy were kind of following the game along and then, after about two hours later, I think he was scrolling through Instagram maybe or something and might've been like Barstool or someone. And there's this video of an all out brawl outside <laughs> of a hockey rink. It's not like outside, outside, but like along the rink, but outside yeah, the boards, like right. where the, the stands would come in. And it's these like dark blue, orange jerseys. And these like kids who are not hockey players like swinging and fighting back we like watched it a few times we we're like oh my gosh like this is nuts really. and then like it dawned on me i was like oh my god those are our jerseys and <laughs> syracuse after the game was trying to walk to their locker room and some i don't know like trashed out nyu kids or whatever started like throwing stuff at them and it literally turned into an all-out brawl with like 40 <laughs> fans and the entire Syracuse men's <laughs> hockey team who are like still in God, skates with gloves, crazy. like <laughs> are always blockering people. Um, and it got like national attention. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the team got uh, season suspended for the rest of the year. Yeah. I think NYU might have actually had to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wow. I don't. I will never hear that NYU sports are not legit. Those no, you guys yeah. have some yeah. intense folks down there. We 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 don't we don't claim to have knowledge of sport. I think it's more like we never had the D one college football tailgate. You know, sure. Although yeah. we did try to we did try to get our own football team. We we were mm. we were looking at uniforms and stuff like that in class one day. <laughs> you can make we you can make uniforms in Under Armour and like we made oh, NYU. Okay. You can customize yeah. them. We customized them. We were like. like you were actually looking into creating Stern a team. team. And I was like, I, feel I like was. that's a hard. I was. And then well, we realized we have to, you to play You have to start with the uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, you got to start Honestly, somewhere. Exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> I do actually recall uh, being invited to go to a couple of hockey games, but it was always like I had a paper to write or something, and I never went. But I, I do hear that they probably were quite good. fun. Maybe you would have gone to that game and you would have gotten <laughs> yeah. absolutely decked out by Syracuse goalie <laughs> headbutting you. That's true. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna try to find the video and then when it's, we post it to it's our. It's out clips. there. You gotta you gotta dig a little bit, but it, it's out there. 
I'm definitely gonna try it. to find this video. I'll find yeah. it and we'll sync it up. We'll sync it up to the story and it'll be amazing. It'll be nice. <laughs> amazing. Um, <laughs> honestly, so obviously you didn't get to broadcast that moment, which I think is a shame. But were there any moments that where you kind of thought to yourself, like, wow, like I'm broadcasting this moment, or you know, my voice is on that highlight, or you know, like I guess the the phrasing you could say, oh, like I did that, but that's kind of like a you know, yeah. vain. Wait, I don't. I wouldn't say that you do that, but you know, kind of yeah. like a wow, like that was me type of moment. I think, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, like, I don't want to say all of them, but like a lot of them. I just think it's it's so much fun and something that honestly, so many things that I never really thought that I would actually get to do and that it would work out. Like I did. Um. After I moved, I was still, and I still kind of do a few games for Harvard here and there when, when I can, and them and Yale play an annual game at Madison Square Garden, uh, men's hockey every year. And so like it worked out where I literally called like a college hockey game at MSG from like the press box. And that was definitely like a a huge, huge kind of pinch me moment like that'll still be something very, very, uh, that I'll just kind of like, I don't know, always hold in my back pocket, I guess at school. Um, it was great. Like with the, with the radio station there, um, the, the alumni and, and the campus, they take it really seriously. So, um, there's lots of alumni who, who pitch in to send us all on the road trips, which is amazing. And, Honestly, I think during the time I, I didn't realize how incredible that was and how grateful to be because, you know, we'd go to Chapel Hill and Clemson and I got to broadcast the, um, what was it? The, the March Madness game in Salt Lake City for Syracuse my, my senior year and just being like around that environment and um, like being at the Dean Dome in UNC, like amongst all these fans. So even though it was yes, like college radio. And I like to think that maybe we've, we've upped the skills a little bit since then. Um, <laughs> those, those are really cool opportunities that you get to feel very, you know, thrown into the fire a little bit. Um, but it's moments like that, that kind of hopefully prepare you for, for stuff down the road. So. Yeah. NYU also has a radio station. Um, I know a fair few people who yeah. have worked on it and they actually produce some good sports stuff, you know, and I, yeah. I can imagine at a school like Syracuse where, you know, sports is, are so big, you know, I, I actually, I think I actually got into Syracuse, but I oh, chose nice. to go to NYU um, just because That's I didn't good. know you if didn't I could get deal to have, with the... You didn't have to be snowed on every <laughs> single day from 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. every night. I'll, I'll have to say that was the main, the main that reason was... that I didn't go. Was the, weather. the weather, so yeah, hit it right on the head. Um, I also saw that the the freshman dorms are like on a hill or something, and you have to like walk down Big the hill, hill and walk up the hill. So it was the up the it, hill that was called, really the problem. It's called the uh, I, I can't believe I'm blanking. Uh, Mount Olympus, they call it Mount Olympus. So that's a good way to scare off freshmen, yeah. This <laughs> like staircase that goes up, but then also there's what they call the drunk stairs, which are. A shorter climb, but the <laughs> the degree is much higher. 
So it's kind of like you weigh your options. Anyways, you made. I'm yeah. sure you made the right choice. The degree of difficulty is is much more difficult. It's like in gymnastics now, you know, in the Olympics. Right. You got it. The yeah. tricks have a higher degree of difficulty, so that the score is higher, even if you're not as successful. It's a different system. So, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we're wondering. So, if you could go back and broadcast any game, past, present, or future, which one would you choose and why? Man, future would be past? hard. Future would be yeah, hard. Future. Future yeah. would be hard. <laughs> past, I think. I think past the the easy one. And sorry, this is. Well, it's Boston oriented, I guess, but it's like <laughs> the games I you know, grew up watching. I'd say like the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup in 2011. I always hear that that call over and over again. That would be a really cool. So that'll be a future one. The the next Bruins. Stanley there you Cup. go. Um, nice. But I think number one would probably be uh, the 04. It's got to be the 04 Sox. I mean, oh, that yeah. is. And that moment is just that's that's like everything uh that's a good question that's a good <laughs> yeah. question the future one's hard i was trying to think of that like i mean i'm not a broadcaster but if i if i got to broadcast the game i would say the padres first world series one that would be a fun yeah. game to broadcast that's not gonna happen it's gonna bro. happen soon not- too. sorry bro is it is hey, it though guys, there are two giants fans out, here actually you guys lucked out stealing dawn from us I still like. I, I that, still cry, like I'm so happy with that. He he and I don't know if you guys you know who Jerry Remy is. He's the Red Sox TV analyst. I only say that just because no. he's he said some wacky shit, so he's gone viral a few times. Um, <laughs> but him and him and Don were like they were like God on Earth. Like they were incredible. Yeah. And then so every once in a while I'll see a clip of like I don't know. Tatis going yard or something, and Don loses. And you just hear his I'm call. Like, oh, what what we used to what we used to have. I can imagine. And, and then third third, I'll say uh, the, uh, the Cyclones <laughs> and the the Renegades tomorrow night seven p.m. Ooh. On, uh, there on it is. TV. <laughs> uh, use code Very Cyclones for ten ten dollars off, I believe. Yeah, I'm remembering go. the reason. <laughs> so Gotta get that one. Yeah, if you're anyone using the listening code now, though, at this point in the season, you've you've kind of screwed yourself a little bit. You've, yeah, you've missed out on the deal. But you might as well just pay the whole price at this point. Yeah, it's not it's not going to help you out. Um, I think just as you know, a final longer question. Um, yeah, you know, I think that a lot of people who go into broadcasting also kind of have a journalism background. Um, and as you know yourself, who kind of works in both spaces, where you're a broadcaster at night and during the day you're more of kind of journalism writing that type of stuff do you see any parallels in in the two and how has one helped the other or or vice versa yeah i think like the biggest connection would just be authenticity throughout both and i think it's helped me a lot with my broadcasting and especially on the radio to just be as honest and descriptive as possible. Um, And I think even before going to school and having certain values kind of drilled into my head 20 different times from 
<laughs> Syracuse professors. I always, oh, I always, I always loved the news. I always enjoyed watching it. I always thought it was a really respectful um, and important job, and, and I still do. Um, and I think turning it into the broadcasting side, you know, sometimes I'll I'll listen to even like old games that I did, um, maybe in college or whatever. And it's just really clear that I'm broadcasting to sound a certain way or like broadcasting to sound good for what maybe another broadcaster would like or, you know, even who I'm doing the game with. And I think having that kind of like aha moment of the only people that you're doing this for and listening are the people that are on the other side of the radio and like, which is usually like mom and dad of David who's at the plate and just tell them what's <laughs> happening. And I think that's, that's kind of like the biggest lesson and kind of connection that I've made from journalism. And then also I would say just being as, you know, I guess that's kind of a two part thing with, with description and, and being honest, but also trying to be as creative as possible. I think it's like the coolest thing about, doing play-by-play -play is how many different ways you can describe something, how exact can you be? There's this, um, I think it's kind of like mentor of, of mine um, back from school. And he would always say that when you're broadcasting, you're painting the word picture. I think it sounds, yeah, maybe I guess a little cliche, but when you actually think about it, like it's not yeah. like, if you're it's sitting in a car, what it it's literally what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what, uh, what way is the wind blowing? Like, where's the shift? What's the pitcher doing with his mitt? Like, how fast did the pass come across the ice? Like, like all those little things that I think as you get more and more comfortable, you maybe can do it a bit easier. But that's at least the most important part that I've taken over the last few years of trying to get better and improve myself is, is taking that, that authenticity and, and description as serious as possible. So. Painting a word picture. I'm going to have to use that. It's nice, isn't it? That's, that's, that's I like it. Good. I'm going to crochet that like a pillow and keep it on my bed. That, that, that would be like great. For I like it. Yeah, right next to live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, yeah. love. And <laughs> Dana, you got... laugh and paint the word picture. Paint the word yeah. picture. I like you it. Gotta make, you got to make some merch. With the with that on a T-shirt, absolutely, you know, a little side hustle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess you know you you kind of answered this in the in the last question, but I think just to wrap it up, uh, yeah. I think a lot of the people that are listening are you know either prospective job seekers or maybe they're still in school. Uh, you know, is there one thing that you would give as parting advice for people trying to enter the sports industry? It's you know very competitive, as we all know. Uh, the whole reason we made this podcast is because we couldn't find a job. Um, <laughs> and I think that, you know, people like yourself who are, you know, relatively established in the field, um, you know, there's gotta be, it's gotta be some, you know, some crumbs, some know, crumbs. Leave. I think, I think the biggest thing I would say, and I'll follow this up because I don't know if it's true, but I think it comes with a caveat. I genuinely think, and I'm starting to believe more and more that just being a, good person, kind person goes a really, really long way. I think, unfortunately, especially 
in this industry, as you said, it, it's super, super competitive and not to say that it's full of bad people, but it's tough to, it's tough to kind of portray positivity and help to others when you feel like everyone's climbing up the same ladder and trying to get to the same spot and their success hurts your success. Um, and that's kind of BS. I think, unfortunately, that's that's drilled into a lot. I'm sure it was kind of drilled into to you guys at school, or at least it's just an idea that's hard not to think about that someone else doing better hurts you. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm starting to realize that's not the case. So I think just genuinely being a good person, helping people when you can, you know, it's it's so cool. Like I remember like when I was like a freshman, like reaching out to, to people that were alumni or like asking for advice and sending tapes and they take the time and respond to me or whatever. And now like I'm doing that for a few kids. Like that's, that's so cool to me. And I think it's, it's just reflective of how important it is because it is a small, small world. And I think not yeah. being a kind and good person can get around pretty quickly and you never know, you know, what can make or break something. So I think that's, that would be the first part of it. And then secondly, I think, I know it's, I know it's tough to, to say, but in a lot of ways, having as much faith, faith that things are just going to work out. And trust me, like over the last yeah. three, four years, like I remember, especially right after I graduated, I was like down. I was so bummed. I was taking business classes online because I thought I just messed up my entire life and I was never going to make money. And, and I, I don't know, I probably still should take some business classes. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think having some, in all seriousness, I, I think having faith that if you do work really hard, and like genuinely like do as much as you can things are going to work out and i still like i have to tell myself that every day because i don't even really believe it but i like to think that i believe it um but even but even like a moment like like the cyclones thing like over the pandemic i i was so 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 bummed to be not doing games like i could just tell it was it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm, I have so much fun with it. I love being around people. And I just felt that I was missing like this big piece. And I left field in the middle of like April, like three weeks before the season started, I got an email. And I didn't know, I didn't know Keith, who Matthew, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know anyone. I didn't even really know the Brooklyn Cyclones. But then 24 hours later, I was completely planning out my summer in a, in a very different way. So I think laying your groundwork, being as good of a person as you, you can, and just, you know, at times putting your, putting your foot down and, and working really, really hard. I do think that things usually work out and maybe not. And maybe, maybe I'll get hit by a bus tomorrow or something, but, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, I think that's that's kind of all you can do. And then and then lastly, yeah. just not comparing yourself to others too. I know we kind of talked yeah. about that, but I think that's yeah. a tough, especially for 
kind of younger people that are trying to get into this industry, especially with social media too. It's just, yeah. Every time Mm -hmm. anyone does anything (laughs) or on LinkedIn, it's like, I am wildly proud and honored. I've helped my family (laughs) name to be accepting this position. (laughs) It's like, and not to like bash on the people that do that, but like, I still believe that like the people that just like put their foot down and work hard and don't really give a crap about all that stuff are going to be a lot happier uh, down the road. So, Hey, agreed brother. Agreed. The, the LinkedIn people really do got me feeling some type <laughs> it, of way. It, so it gets in your head. You like, you <laughs> yeah, see it and then you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's like translation. Like, Hey, this good thing happened for me. Like, be happy for me. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like it or else. <laughs> but hey, to each to each their own. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's actually it's really good advice. A great you know way to end it. I really appreciate you coming on. I think that this is actually like a really really great uh, episode. There's a lot of really cool stuff in here. Um, yeah. So thanks again. I'm glad that you know you got that email out of left field. So yeah, we can meet yeah. and connect on here. Uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you all this week. Uh, I yeah. can't say that I'm necessarily looking forward to schlepping back, back and forth, but you have it a lot worse than me. So it's not <laughs> a competition, but. Prayers for sub two and a half hour ball games, and we'll be, yes. we'll be all Sub good. two and a half yeah. and uh, a Q train leaving as soon as the game ends. So none of that, yeah. none of that 20 pitch at bat stuff. No. Dear gosh. No. no. At that point, at that point, we're existence. just. Shutting off the broadcast. Thanks for <laughs> this was this was yeah. awesome, and it was it was nice to meet you guys too. And Matthew, I will I will see you at Maimonides Park tomorrow. Can't wait. Yes, sir. Yes, before, sir. Uh, Thank before you. you before you go, can we get a sign off? Yeah. Get a sign off. Ooh, wow. Um, yeah. That's good. Andrew. Putting the pressure on. I like that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put you on the spot here. <laughs> So this this is just for now, right? Like this isn't for. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this yeah. isn't this isn't your permanent sign off for the rest of your career. We're not gonna use right. this like over and over again. This is just like a, we're gonna put this, this at the just... end of every podcast. All right. Well, for no. Brandon, Andrew, no and Matthew, I'm Dana Gray saying so long. Thank you so much for listening to the Free Agents Podcast. Keep it locked. More episodes coming. If you like this one, subscribe. Hit that button. I love when when they do that on YouTube or whatever. They're like, (laughs) comment, subscribe. (laughs) Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, go Cyclones. Over and out.